I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 35 years ago today, the space shuttle Challenger exploded 73 seconds into its flight. The space shuttle broke apart, killing all seven of its crew members. I want to just take a moment. I want to read you their names. Uh, I'm sure you remember at least one, maybe two, three, four. Uh, I'll, I'll admit that I, you know, without refreshing my memory each year, uh, would have a hard time naming all seven and uh, that's not, that's you know, that's not disrespectful necessarily. Uh, remembering the event and the tragedy uh, is one way we mourn together. And this did happen a very long time ago. But the type of work that these seven were undertaking has uh, quite literally been the launching pad for progress in space travel and exploration. And so I want to read their names. And I I did this one year ago today on this radio program on the occasion of the 34th anniversary of the Challenger disaster. And uh, I, I think as long as I'm here, uh, I will each year on this date uh, just read their names. And we'll have a conversation about what happened on that day, uh, how the world reacted, and what we have since learned. And so uh, here uh, are the seven astronauts who lost their lives on January 28, 1986, 73 seconds into the flight of Space Shuttle Challenger. Uh, the mission commander, Francis R. Scobie. Pilot, Michael J. Smith. Mission specialist, Ronald McNair. Mission specialist, Ellison Onizuka. And mission specialist, Judith Resnick. Payload specialist, Gregory Jarvis and payload specialist and teacher, Krista McCulloch. Now, uh, Miss McCulloch's name is the one you are likely able to recall easily, uh, and I'm not necessarily putting out a challenge to you to memorize these names, but uh, on this day, uh, maybe as you're drifting off to sleep tonight, or maybe as you sit around the table having dinner this evening with your family, uh, pull out Google. And learn a little bit about each of these individuals. Learn a little bit about the lives that they lived. Uh, learn a little bit about the work that they did, which we today are still benefiting from. I, I know I get <laughs> a little fixated on space matters because they, they inspire. They inspire both the mind, the imagination, and they also inspire real technological advancements that have... Uh, without question and without exception from the dawn of the space program here in the United States, been of benefit to man. The technology that we have benefited from, the developments 
that have come from space exploration and the sacrifice of life by these seven and others has made the world today a better place, a safer place, a place which is uh, a, a, a nation and a planet which is quite likely living longer today. The technology which has been developed due to the study in space exploration associated with has today, in many respects, led to medical advancements that keep humans alive for longer. Imagine. Imagine being part of something like that. It's remarkable. So on this day, uh, I just give my thanks to their sacrifice, to the sacrifice of all those who died in the pursuit of space exploration, and of course, all those behind the scenes whose names you'll never know, whose names... Uh, will never make headlines, uh, whose faces will never be printed on newspapers or on websites, but who are the team behind the scenes to push uh, this great endeavor forward. Uh, A year ago, I had a conversation with a reporter. You know, one of my hobbies is to dig into old newspapers and read about the way the news was presented uh, when it happened. And uh, just a year ago today, I thought that it would be it would be interesting and insightful to look back on how here in Utah the Challenger disaster was covered. And I found an article in the Deseret News in 1986, and I noticed the byline carried a name Carrie Moore. And I wondered, hey, I wonder if wonder if Carrie Moore is still around. If we might be able to have a conversation with the reporter who documented the tragedy right here in the state of Utah. What does she remember? Uh, what was her experience that day? Well, uh, we tracked her down, and she is uh, now an instructor at Brigham Young University, teaching students about journalism and uh, you know other areas of reporting the news and keeping the world up to speed on the goings-on. And uh, during that conversation, uh, I, I, I asked her briefly, I said, what... Uh, what do you remember about that tragic day in 1986? The overwhelming remembrance is one of shock, um, not only as a journalist, but as someone watching human reaction to something so tragic. Now, I, I am 35 years old. I was alive when this uh, took place, but I was too young to have any memories of it. Uh, I'm certainly too young to have been around when man first walked on the moon. I am far too young to you know, have any firsthand knowledge of the day when uh, you and your uncle and your grandpa and uh, your sister and maybe your spouse would gather around the television set, uh, the small black and white television set, and watch as these events unfolded. Now, I know we had color television by the 80s. I'm talking earlier. Uh, I wasn't around for that. Today, we have news delivered to us, well, uh, here on the radio, of course, but also uh, 24-hour cable news. We have the Internet. We have social media. There are myriad ways to be on the receiving end of information. That was not the case. That was not the case in 1986. People would gather together to watch this tragedy unfold on live TV. They were there to celebrate, gathered already to celebrate the accomplishment. I asked uh, Carrie Moore in 1986, the reporter for the Deseret News and now a Brigham Young University instructor, I asked in an era where we didn't have smartphones or Internet, what struck you as you encountered the folks gathered at the local electronic store watching this tragedy on live television? As people started hearing about it, and I was standing uh, across the street from the Deseret News in the ZCMI Center, 
Uh, I watched people as they came in um, and continued to gather around the monitors, just standing there in horrible disbelief, um, many of them very emotional about it. That emotion is something that you really can't escape in this business. We, uh, well, I shouldn't say we, I, you know, talk each day for a few hours in the safety of this little radio studio here. But uh, the reporters, the real journalists who are out there on the street, they, uh, day after day, are quite literally face-to-face with people in their most trying times. Right? It's a, it's a, it's a sometimes very difficult uh, experience to be a reporter, to maintain objectivity and to uh, do what you can to push your own emotions and feelings to the side. Well, uh, during events like the one that took place 35 years ago today in 1986 at 11.39 Eastern, 73 seconds after launch, the Challenger shuttle exploded. I asked Miss Moore about her personal experience, both as a journalist and a human being. Journalists are not immune from those kinds of feelings. We're obviously human beings as well, and it's uh, interesting to process those kinds of feelings as you look back over a period of decades and realize that, at least for me, that was one in a very long series of events um, over time that happened at a crossroads uh, with people who are in that grieving and public mourning process. Francis R. Scobie, Michael J. Smith, Ronald McNair, Ellison Onizuka, Judith Resnick, Gregory Jarvis, Krista McAuliffe. The names of the seven astronauts who lost their lives 35 years ago today when the Space Shuttle Challenger broke up. 73 seconds into its flight. Take some time today. Learn about these people. Read about their lives. Read about what they contributed to science in the ever-advancing field of space travel and exploration. We today owe them our thanks and will forever owe them our thanks for the trajectory on which they placed us. Life is better today because they existed. Life is better today because of the work they did. That holds true for everyone involved in space travel. The technology that's developed and the breakthroughs that are made trickle down into everyday life, a life that you and I enjoy each and every day. Quick break. When we return, we're going to shift gears pretty dramatically and have a conversation with a good friend of the program, ER doctor Marion Bishop. She will join us to talk about mental health, specifically the mental health of children reporting to the hospital in the midst of the coronavirus. Fair warning right now. The stories are sad, but there may be something we can do about it. That conversation next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? 
in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.